Modern Mystic Shop has just turned three, and over the three years we've been in business, we've been able to work with people in person to help find the exact right tools for transformation and healing that they're looking for. But now that our virtual community has expanded through this podcast, we've lost the ability to consult one-on-one. That's why we've created a really fun quiz at modernmysticshop.com. It's just a few funny questions like picking your favorite Beyonce quote to help guide you to a collection of tools and products that can help you the most right now. So head over to modernmysticshop.com and take the quiz at the top of the website and find the personal solutions for wherever you are at life at this moment. When you find what you need, use code PODCAST to get 10% off your order. And as always, subscribe, rate, review, and share our podcast with the modern mystics in your life. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight. I am your shop owner and host for this podcast. This week we are bringing in someone from Ohio who I actually know and have had a wonderful experience with. We were in a marketing online, you know, Facebook training where I met Kelsey and she was so impressive and confident and I got to learn about her business and her mission through that. And then actually I've had a conversation with her at length about our business and ways to optimize and improve and grow our team. And I just think she's incredible. And the thing is, you don't actually have to be an entrepreneur or starting your own business to take some of this information that she's going to share with you to heart. This is really great information that you can use no matter what you're doing in your life. Um, More specifically, Kelsey Furlong is a leadership and business development strategist and coach. She works with visionaries who want to step into their highest potential to make a positive impact on the world by teaching them how to quickly optimize their performance and actualize their vision. She broke free and healed from lifelong crippling anxiety and depression, ADHD, and fibromyalgia to become a powerhouse with a passion for getting shit done with less effort and more purpose and revolutionizing the systems we work and live in. She splits her time between her home in Ohio with her cat Prudence and exploring and challenging her worldview. You can find her on social media at Lead the Evolution. In this class, Kelsey discusses the necessity of shifting your perspective and truly understanding why you are having the experience of anxiety or overwhelm from the big picture perspective of spirituality and energetics. She shares simple, effective tools and systems that allow you to stay centered, focused, and grounded when there's chaos around you so you don't compromise yourself or lose your shit when things get chaotic and downright hard. She teaches the audience a simple tool to create a feedback loop so you can quickly shift your reality through consistent and focused efforts to not only cope, but to actually rewire and change your defaults. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you personally to Kelsey Furlong for Reality Reset evolving beyond anxiety and overwhelm.
So my journey in where I'm at right now, my lifestyle and my business were born out of a deep curiosity to reset my reality. And that all kind of started because about three years ago, everything kind of fell apart. Again, this is a subject that is really activating for me, so it's, it's um, I'm sure you all can recognize that feeling, right, when those emotions start to move. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Where to start? Uh, so I had always identified as an anxious person. From my very first memories, I, uh, to say that I am a highly sensitive person is putting it very mildly. I remember having my first panic attack when I was in, I think, third grade. My parents took me to the ER and the doctor said, she's hyperventilating, which I was, but why, right? Why is an eight-year-old hyperventilating? Uh, prior to that, you know, meltdown city all over the place, no one knew what to do with me. <laughs> um, and as I got older, I figured out how to survive and how to kind of fly under the radar, but I couldn't figure out how to thrive in the system that we're in. I found myself having success. I would get these jobs that everybody, you know, good jobs, and, and I don't have a college degree, so there was some of my worth tied up in, in that, right? We attach our worth to, um, well, we live in a society that, that attaches our worth to our productivity and our ability to make money, right? So that was very much all wrapped up for me. So I would get these jobs that were really good jobs for my, quote, qualifications, and I would start to have a lot of success and do really, really well. And then the, the weight of that would come crushing down on me, and I couldn't handle it. It would just flatten me, and things would fall apart. And that was happening kind of over and over again. When I was... 17, I had a therapist who was going to try to diagnose me as borderline personality disorder, and I ran like hell. When I was 21, I had a diagnosis of bipolar. At 25, I, they, they undiagnosed that. I don't know the actual term for that. I went in and actually asserted myself. Um, and they re-diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder and ADHD. I have had diagnoses of bulimia, fibromyalgia, the ADHD, generalized anxiety, panic disorder, um, uh, chronic Epstein-Barr syndrome, you name it, I've kind of been there. So, like I said, about three years ago, things fell apart for me for the last time and I was done. I was tired of the way that I was. I was tired of the life that I was trying to create. I had been trying to do everything that I was told I was supposed to do to have the things that I was told I was supposed to want. And I wasn't happy. I was fucking miserable. I was in relationship after relationship that just didn't work. I was trying to please everybody but myself. I felt disempowered and I was depressed. I was in pain from the fibromyalgia, 
In 2015, I took a, my second, in fact, partial hospitalization, a, a medical leave from work, because I just needed a, I needed a break, I needed a, vaca needed a vacation, right? And then fast forward a year later, and um, I got fired from my job. I had stopped, just stopped showing up, essentially. I was there, but I wasn't really there. Uh, I got dumped by a really amazing man, the first one that I that had ever really modeled for me what integrity really looked like, and he had kind of lovingly said to me, you know, you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, I found myself without a place to live because I hadn't set myself up to, to have a safe place to live. And I moved back back to my hometown. After years of being away, I did something I said I would never do with a commitment to myself to get curious and challenge what I had been told, to explore concepts around self-mastery and the power that I have to rewrite my story and be in command of that. And I knew one thing at the time, one thing only, and that was I could never go back, I was never gonna go back to the way that it was before. I knew that what I was wanting to do might not work, and I did it anyway, because it was, it was a life or death situation. I knew I, I could survive in the system, but I'm not meant to, right? So I set off uh, with this kind of loose vision that I wanted to work remotely. I had had a business idea for about two years prior to this. Actually, I've had business ideas my whole life. I'm second generation entrepreneur, uh, visionary. I, um, I can put anything into, into a concept that could be an awesome business. But every time, and this one was really viable and it was, it was a really, really kind of straightforward concept and I, I knew I could do it, but every time I would start to do it, my anxiety would just go apeshit, and I would totally shut down. And I was so stuck, I was so convinced, because I was working full time and I was traveling, you know, four or five days a week for the job that I was in, and I was tired. And I was so convinced that if I was working full time, there was no way I was ever gonna be able to make this happen. So when I got fired, it was a little bit of a gift, right? <laughs> so, um, and as we do, I of course manifested that, I orchestrated that. The subconscious uh, mind is something of a magnificent power. And I got what I needed. So I had this loose idea that I was gonna start a business. I still wasn't totally convinced that I was gonna be able to do it. Again, I knew I had a lot of work to do as far as not being this anxious and medicated person, this person that is dependent on medication and uh, health insurance for that matter, right? And a job that provides that health insurance and all of the things that we, the, the, um, the beliefs that we hold that limit us. I decided I was gonna challenge all of that. So I knew that in my current state, there was no way I was gonna get what I wanted. So I decided I was gonna do some things different. I went to uh, South America for three months by myself. I had this idea that if I could just get out of my comfort zone, I could get off of autopilot and reset the default, the way that I showed up in the world. So I did exactly that and I, I was angry too, I was angry at the system that we're in. 
and I was angry at a lot of the people around me, and I was mostly angry at myself more than anything. So I took off. And when I came back, I started to get organized in my external world and clear some space and get rid of things and minimize, right? And put some systems into place to manage what was coming at me because I was becoming more and more dedicated to this vision because I was getting, as I was going through this process, I was getting more clarity. Uh, and I could see the vision a little bit more tangibly. So I was starting to believe that it could happen, but I could see, again, I was missing some really foundational skills and systems, and I still had some of this nervous, nervousness and, and fear, frankly, that was limiting me. So I, I just kept going. And um, let it happen. Anyway, it's amazing how quickly things can happen because what, what I noticed after about a year of this was that the anxiety wasn't totally gone, but where I used to lose myself for, you know, months on end to it, months and months, in fact, to the point where it became depression, I would only lose myself to these anxious kind of, uh, I'll call it a flare-up, for a week. And then it became a day. And then it was a couple of hours. And now it's a shock of nervous energy that comes through me. And I have an awareness of it. I can observe it, check my surroundings, right? Do a quick scan to see what's, what's, what's causing the flare. See if anything around me is actually viable right, or if there's a, there's a tangible reason. So here's an example. I drove here, I, I live in Ohio, and I drove here uh, this weekend. And um, yesterday as I was driving, and I should say I was supposed to come at the end of last week. Well, yesterday was the end of last week, but I was supposed to come on Friday. And things got changed, so I came yesterday. And um, I saw a police officer, right, as we do when we're driving, and that shock went through me, that nervous current of electricity that just, you, 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 do you all know that feeling? You resonate with that? Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's tire, it's a zap, right? And it just, it's tiring. And um, it's amazing now how rather than have a knee-jerk reaction to that, I can sort of, again, so it, there's a quick scan. Uh, am I speeding? No, right? Do I have a headlight out? No, okay? Am I doing anything wrong? That should, that should get me into trouble. Is this fear, is there any legitimacy to this, this story that's going through my mind right now? And if the answer is no, okay, then this is a, this is a response to a subconscious belief that I hold about police. And it's a survival tactic, survival instinct. When you can use it as a tool like that, when you have that awareness to be able to not lose yourself to it, you can use it that way. However, we so often find ourselves freaking out when the anxiety hits, right? Thinking something's wrong with us. That was a big thing for me. I thought something was wrong with me for years. I can honestly say that's what led to all of those diagnoses that I had. I was just looking for answers. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with me my whole life. So 
best thing we can do as we start to try to navigate through this is talk about why we're having this experience. And the first thing is really about bringing awareness to the unaware. I kissed the mic, <laughs> literally. So the one thing that I know about anxiety is that when it shows up, there is always fear at the root, always. And I had a little trouble articulating this for a long time when I first started teaching about it because I did not identify that I was a fearful person. That was not part of my story. I was convinced that I, I didn't have any fear. And I only really have been able to start talking about it because I know it, I know it to be true now. And because I have been asking some of my clients, um, you know, what is it? What, what is the one thing that you really want people to know when I, when I talk about this? How can I help other people? What would you like, what would you suggest that I share? And it is always that there is fear at the root and fear is really, really, really sneaky. It is super, super sneaky. So I did ask a couple of my clients. I was having a hard time narrowing some of the content down because um, an hour is not a lot of time to talk about such a nuanced subject, right? So I asked them what their biggest ahas were in healing their anxiety. And I'll tell you what they said. So one of them said, good question. I think it was a combination of things that I learned. The first one was learning how the brain works and that my anxiety wasn't me, it was my programming. Seeing my anxiety as something separate from myself was very important. The second one is practicing how I speak to myself and practicing not going down that spiral of what if, what if, what if, and knowing that my brain is going to continue to work on the things that I thought is very important. I learned that I am manifesting my own shit. <laughs> Just like the things that you eat turn into poop, LOL, she said. <laughs> the thoughts that you have turn into your reality. So knowing that I'm able to separate and I'm not stuck and truly understanding that it doesn't have to define my experience and it doesn't have to limit me. Another one said that the most uh, impactful piece of knowledge, I think it could be said for her, was uh, learning to compartmentalize other people's opinions and perceptions as their thoughts and those thoughts that they have are a reflection of their experience, not of me learning to compartmentalize their opinions and perceptions as their thoughts and not the truth. Also, she said, uh, making routines and scheduling to allow myself to be productive. So there is an external element here, right? Um, another one said, I think one of the biggest things was that I learned to observe and be more curious about my anxiety than to overreact to it and try to numb it out. That's a really, really big one. For me in particular, learning to just notice it and allow it to pass through is, it's a habit that you can develop. 
She said, also, I learned that for me, my anxiety stemmed from me trying to be a smaller person than I am. Same for me. I was hiding big time. She said, it was about pushing down the truth that was trying to rise up in me. And I learned to let go of other people's expectations and perceptions of me and let the real me have a voice for once. So I felt like that was important to share because it gives um, a little bit of context that sometimes is difficult for me to do when I'm presenting this information because, again, it is so nuanced and it's such a personal experience that we're all having. It can be easier as a conversation, right, rather than as this one-sided kind of presentation. But let's talk about, about some of the causes of the fear that we're experiencing. I love to talk about visionaries. I use that word pretty regularly now. I don't use it flippantly. I, I don't use language flippantly. I use it very, very intentionally. This is another one of those things that when I first started really talking about this subject or really diving in even on a personal level, the term visionary would not have resonated with me. So what I wanna do is just talk a little bit about the visionary archetype because I have a theory that anxiety and the visionary are very much connected. So visionaries, I'm not gonna so much talk about the gifts. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the shadow, if you wanna call it that. Visionaries see the potential in everything and everyone. In fact, they're likely to see the potential before they see, see the reality of what presently is. And they can find themselves being constantly let down by other people when they don't live up to the potential that they saw in them. The visionary can easily trap themselves in dreams and develop tunnel vision. They can attach to specific outcomes and what it has to look like to be a, quote, success. They can drive themselves crazy with anxious anticipation and trying to make it happen and eventually will get overwhelmed and shut down, which provides evidence, right, of inadequacy and failure and incompetency and, and inability to keep up, which perpetuates anxiety. <laughs> um, visionaries have, uh, I love this, this teaching, Caroline, uh, Caroline Meese teaches that visionaries can have affairs with the future, she calls it, meaning they cheat on the present. They get lost in their daydreams. I should say we rather than they because this is so accurate for me too. We get lost in our daydreams about what's possible and rob ourselves and others of energy. And in doing so, we cause serious fragmentation to our own energy. That's a big deal. I'm going to talk more about that fragmentation here in just a minute when I kind of start to talk about how we can move through this and what to do about it. Visionaries often get frustrated at the inability to see the way to the future. That's the how, right? The like, how am I going to make this happen? Uh, when they get frustrated, they can often give up, which leads to feelings of inadequacy and failure. They can feel small. Mm, I can't read my notes. So visionaries uh, can get even more frustrated when we, because we can, we can feel and we can smell and we can taste the vision, right? We want it. It's, we want it so bad because it's right there. 
And um, when we can't touch it, or when we don't have it yet, it being whatever the thing is that we, we can see and that we're, we're desiring, right? It makes it even more uncomfortable. And so we tend to want to escape, right? Or we numb it out. We tell ourselves we can't have it. We convince ourselves it's not possible. We turn our back to the vision. And this one, this one resonates probably the most. Well, I don't even want to say that because they all resonate with me really, really heavily. But this one for me is important. The shadow visionary manifests as a willingness to compromise or alter the vision to make it more socially acceptable. That's that I lovingly say that I, was, I spent most of my life dumbing myself down to make others around me more comfortable. I also want to say that there is a, a gift in being able to see the potential. And part of that gift is that visionaries are magnetic because of that. We attract. It's a gift, right? When someone sees you, when you haven't maybe never really even felt seen, right? And, and it's potent. And so as a visionary, you can really attract people. You can be magnetic. And this, for the visionary, can be a really potent drug. If your worth is tied up in your ability to lift others up and make them feel good, or a need or a desire to be placed on a pedestal and feel like a trophy. So we need clear boundaries, right? And to untangle ourselves or disentangle ourselves and our energy from everyone and everything around us and to be able to be solid and be centered. And I love to use the word integrated, right? Mind, body, and soul in any moment, no matter what chaos is going on around us, because the one thing that I know is that there will always be chaos. The world is not going to slow down, and it's not meant to. We are meant to expand and evolve and learn to flow with it, because evolution, change, is the only constant in life, right? It's never going to stop. And when we resist it, when we resist being part of it, we compromise, we sacrifice ourselves. And it makes us sick. It really does. And, and that's one of the things that I identify, you know, and, and again, I don't say this loosely or lightly. I was very sick for a very long time. And a lot of us are in that. And so, you know, talking about the fear where it comes from, we have to talk a little bit about the system that we live in. We live in a system that encourages us to be whatever we want to be while simultaneously shutting us down and telling us that we can't. No wonder there's conflict, right? Internally and externally. We're not really being given the tools or the knowledge or the skills we're being misguided, misled, and I want to be clear 
There is no one to blame. Holding on to anger and victim status is, is part of what feeds the way that we feel and our disempowerment. And frankly, it doesn't do anybody good, least of all our, anybody any good, least of all ourselves. So things are as they are, and they're messy, as things have always been for humanity, because we are a messy bunch. And, you know, we have work to do, and we have tons of opportunity to facilitate that. And to say that there's no blame is not, not to say that we don't have work to do and that each of us doesn't have a part in that. Now, again, this is so nuanced because knowing that I had a part in that was part of what drove my anxiety for a long time because, again, I felt really disempowered. <laughs> so there is that personal evolution that has to be facilitated. There is the personal power that has to be reclaimed before we can do the work that the system needs to see happen to make the changes that we need. Each of us, I love to say we each have an obligation, and I've had some pushback to saying that, but I don't care. I think we each have an obligation to do the work on ourselves, right? To achieve mastery, or to at least try. There is no blame, and this is where we've this is where we've landed in the evolutionary process. It is, and we're in a bottleneck right now, right? That's why things feel so overwhelming. That's why generationally, more of us. I'm going to say us because I'm a millennial. I'll say millennials and our allies, our millennial allies. More of us are struggling and suffering with anxiety and depression and overwhelm than at any other time. And that is because we are a bridge generation. We are here to facilitate the new and change the status quo. We're literally in a new era right now. We are of the new, and we've been programmed by the old model. And so we're holding ourselves to the old model. When you begin to understand that, and you can start to challenge those stories that you've been told about how things are supposed to be, what you're supposed to want, what your life is supposed to look like, right? That's that should word. Should is, it's a pretty damaging word. I love to talk about language. And I'll elaborate on that because our language is how we program our brains. And it is, therefore, how we create our perceptions and our perspectives that shape our experience. The other thing that's really important to understand is human nature. And it's in our nature to resist change. So I like to think about my human experience as a little bit of a game I'm here to see how good I can get at it. And, um, you know, sometimes that's a little bit of a frustrating perspective to have, but most of the time it serves me well because, again, there's that curiosity and that wonder and that, you know, I like to sort of think I'm, I'm in this body pulling the, the levers and pressing the buttons and, and being intentional as I move through, right, what's, what's in front of me. Uh, in, in this simulation, if you will. Um, and, and it's very real. So, you know, there's also this, we're here in our bodies, and um, we're here for that. But when you understand that actually the human body, our physicality is wired 
kind of directly in, in conflict with our spiritual best interest, that's also really empowering because you can start to understand that actually we can use our consciousness, our conscious minds, to master our subconscious minds and our, our physicality. And again, it comes back to that word integrated, bringing the mind, the body, and the soul together. Many of us who are visionaries and big thinkers, we have big energies, have a hard time staying in our bodies and staying grounded and being integrated, right? That's that, and, and that, to be really simple about it, is being present. It's being here and now and aware and feeling into what's going on, right? So it's really important that we understand that resistance to change if we want to ever become fluid and become creators of it, conscious creators, right? Another thing that is important to note, and this is, this is again, kind of back to that fear thing, as all of this really is, is that we have a tendency to cling to the illusion of control and try to manipulate outcomes. We try to predict the future, and in doing so, we really do rob ourselves. We really do create, we, we get what we focus on. I'm gonna give you an example. So I was in um, Eastern Europe last summer for three months backpacking with my best friend. And we were in Mostar in Bosnia. And if you don't know, it was, um, very war-torn in the 90s, and uh, it was a, a, it's been called the bloodiest war of our generation. And um, it was a religious war, and a persecution, and an ethical cleansing. And we went to Mostar, and it's a beautiful, incredibly beautiful place. And we were told about this bank building that was used as a sniper tower in the war because it was right on the line between um, the sides. And it had been painted with graffiti. It had nobody had ever done anything with it. It was busted um, and, and closed off to the public. But we were told, you can get in there if you climb the fence. And we wanted to see the art. So we hopped the fence, which is a terrifying thing for me because I have had a fear of heights since I had some nasty falls in middle school. and went up to the roof. We were told that there was a ladder to get us up to the roof. So we were climbing up the ladder, and again, there's that fear of heights thing that comes up for me, right? That, that thought of like, Kelsey, pay attention or you're, or, or you're gonna fall, right? Like, don't fall. And, and those thoughts, can, that catastrophizing, can be really overwhelming, right? And it, it takes us out of the present moment. And when we focus on what we don't want to happen, we get what we don't want to happen. Your thoughts are your reality. So there is the, the recognition that if I'm focusing on reminding myself not to fall, I'm not focusing on where the fuck I'm putting my hands and my feet, right? So bringing ourselves into the present, that's a habit. Being aware of these thoughts and knowing that we are in charge of our thoughts, we're in command of them, we have choices around which thoughts we choose, which thoughts we entertain, 
that doesn't mean that some of those thoughts that are based on fear and implicit bias, which by the way, we all have because it is part of our brain. There is nothing wrong with you. I, I feel like I need to keep saying that. There is nothing wrong with any of us. There's a lot of programming that's been wrong, but that's okay. It's part of the deal. So now I've digressed and I forget what I was talking about. <laughs> so it goes. Um, the other thing is we attempt to keep ourselves safe, right? And avoid pain. And that keeps us from being forthcoming and proactive and having difficult conversations and being clear in our communication because we're trying to manipulate things. I recognized that big time in myself three years ago when I got dumped. I was hiding because here was my pattern. And this was, this was lifelong and across the board jobs, hobbies, uh, relationships, I would show up big and in my full force, open and, and clear, exposed, right? Ready to go. And the more I started to care about that thing, the more I started to disappear, the more I would hide. And none of this was conscious, right? And I, I could identify that I would quit everything I started. And I could identify that there was this sort of habit of, of you know, shutting down a little bit or getting nasty sometimes, right? Like, and, and a lot of that too was staying in situations that I probably shouldn't have stayed in now looking back, right? And again, not being proactive, not being forthcoming. And all of that is subconscious programming and our worth a lot of times being tied up in, in the wrong things. One of those for me was my worth coming from my ability to make any relationship work. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> um, you know, so all these things that we have to, to become aware of within ourselves, and we don't do that. We don't have clarity around those things when we're stuck in this loop of anxiety and when we're stuck in these narratives. So let's talk about, did you say we have how much time left? Beautiful. Okay, perfect. For questions too? I've been talking forever. All right, okay, cool. So we're gonna talk um, briefly about how we can overcome this. The first thing I wanna say is that I have a tool that you can download off of my website. If you go to leadtheevolution.com slash Sunday School, I actually have an offer for Sunday School attendees and listeners. Um, there is a tool, I call it the Ener Energy Audit System. It is a self-coaching tool, it's a feedback loop. So, how we begin to heal, how we begin to create more and more clarity is we start to shift ourselves into this really trendy term, alignment. Meaning, we start to show up with integrity. And we do that by practicing and creating habits that facilitate that and serve the vision that we have of who we wanna be and how we wanna be. And a lot of people ask me, how do you know who you are, how do you know your purpose? You get to decide and it evolves. So there's also this element of starting with how do you wanna feel and what will facilitate that, right? So 
Lee here earlier was talking about eating donuts and how she, she said she didn't want to eat a donut because it was going to make her feel bad, right? Her future self. And I said, that's how I weigh all of my decisions. I ask myself, is this choice going to serve the way that I want to feel? And if the answer is no, I don't do it. Sometimes I do. I'm not perfect. Let's be clear. But that's my, that's my compass. And you create habits. The more you do it, the easier it becomes, right? I talk a lot about mastery. I don't have time to teach that much about it, but I want to say this. Here's how I define alignment. Your beliefs, your thoughts, and your behaviors, so what you say and do, are congruent with one another. Now, for me, I started with my thoughts. I started to change my habits, change Again, what thoughts I entertained, which, I, which ones I didn't, started to rewrite the narrative. And, I, and, and there is a process of reviewing your performance, right, of co coaching yourself and having a coach. I suggest that, too. Um, that's a whole other thing we can talk about. I invite you to do that if you're interested in getting some support. Um, but, you know, being able to review your own performance is really important, too, because it creates a feedback loop. Uh, one of the other things I teach on is the flow state. And there are, uh, the flow state is a state of optimal consciousness. It is where you, we are at our peak performance, ego narrative dissolves. Um, that's that like fluidity that I love to talk about, right? Total clarity. And there are 21 flow state activators and one of them is immediate feedback. So it's important because the flow state will actually start to create, be, getting in that, facilitating yourself getting in that will start to create that clarity and the more you pursue mastery, the more of the flow of that flow state you're going to naturally have and be in anyway. So I encourage you to download that tool. It's a really great start to get yourself into a rhythm around that. Um, consistency is your key. Curiosity and observation. I'm going to sum, sum this up because I want to leave some time for questions. Um, remember that it's a training. Like, we, we are consistent. We're here to develop ourselves. That never ends. We get into a fixed mindset sometimes, like, this is the way that I am. No, it's not. Not unless you say that. If that's a story you tell yourself, then that's how you're going to be. But you have the power to change that. And discipline. This is the last one I'm going to leave this on. Discipline is your superpower if you can develop it. It will set you free. And it feels counterproductive because we don't want to be for me, I don't want to be caged, right? I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I've had enough of that in my life. But you must be disciplined. So with that, does anybody have any questions or anything they want to share? Okay. So you have a great message. And um, we need more messengers like you in the world. Um, Seth Godin says um, that we need to make a ruckus. And so sometimes when I hear messengers like you, I believe that we need messengers like you. But I feel that messengers sometimes are too nice. So I hear, you know, we're being misled. We're being lied to. You know, and, and, you know, my generation was lied to, the one before mine was lied to, your generation is being lied to, and so the, 
the messengers that are getting attention are the ones that are saying bullshit. And so I wonder even, well, I've kind of gone off on my own soapbox, so let me get back to my question, which is um, a lot of what you've said, I want to use these tools to help my son. He's in a situation where he's being lied to, and not only with society, but with family members. And so I was wondering if you have any other tools besides the one that you said on the website that can be used to help other people who are being brainwashed because they're being told over and over and over again that there's somebody that they're not. Did that make sense, the question? Okay. It does. And so the reason I, I, I don't go there with the being lied to thing is because it's such a, it's such a sensitive thing because the victim mentality, we live in a society where being a victim is social currency. It is. And it's a rabbit hole. It's huge, and like you said. And it's, it's, a, it's slightly dangerous, right? Because when we are identifying with being a victim, when we, are, we get angry. And we can work through that anger. But it's difficult. As far as tools go, the, the thing that I know, that the, this year for me, in fact, has really been about... Um, no longer ask, no longer offering to help people who have not been, who have not asked for it. And so, yes, and so it's difficult to, to say what a person needs or, or what would help them without actually knowing what's going on. For me, it's all, it's knowledge. Right. Yeah, so tools to, I want to summarize for the, the listeners on the pod. Um, he's, you're asking for tools specifically. And so I'll tell you what has worked for me. It is, it has been the, the biggest, most impactful thing that I did was travel and getting out of my, my comfort zone and I, um, a mentor of mine actually just said to me recently, you believe in implosion therapy, don't you? Because I am a little bit extreme. And I dump myself into situations that are going to shock the lie out of me. And so anything that we can do to, to facilitate some perspective change and being able to shift our perceptions really easily, that's going to be really important. Yes, and again, that's a little bit extreme, and <laughs> which works for some of us. Um, 
and, and you know, the other thing is like, there's a process to all of this too. So I'm a coach. I love to work personally with people. And I have a whole other part of my business where I teach, I provide tools and resources um, to help people have, I'm all about systems. So to help people have systems to support the work that they're doing. And the other thing that I know, and I'll kind of say this quickly if anybody else has anything they want to say, and then you and I could talk, um, is when I was in the throes of, of my own shit, I had a huge resistance to using my tools because I associated them with what was wrong with me rather than what was right with me. And our anxiety is not a condition that we need to manage. Our human existence is a condition that needs to be managed. Our, our human, humanity, our humanness, if you will, right? That's the work. And that's what's right with us. We're here for that. We're not here to be up in the clouds, escaping and bypassing the human experience. We're here to be integrated, mind, body, and spirit. Does anybody else have any questions? I'm gonna give you the mic. Okay, so you say getting into the flow state, which is basically that part where you know everything is pretty much flowing the way it should in your life. How do you keep that constant state of flow without getting distracted and getting, uh, I like to say, stuck in the potholes of life that get you off track and making you have to reset everything from scratch? So again, it's a, it's, um, it's a training. We have to get into motion and surround ourselves. Support is really, really important, right? So making sure that you are surrounded with the right people uh, who are not trying to pull you back down, right, when you grow and expand and evolve yourself. And um, like I said, there are 21 flow state activators. This is something that you could definitely look, in, look into. Um, you can start to create a life that brings more and more of those in. Um, I actually do a lot of teaching on that as well. So um, there's a way to kind of like intentionally schedule yourself and manage your days, right? Where you are setting intentions and then uh, and, and clear goals, setting yourself up in environments that facilitate this flow state makes it easier to create the habits that get you more and more into that so you can stay there. The other thing that I'll say is it's not possible to stay there all of the time right? So, and I fell into that trap for a while where I was like really dedicated to being there all the time. And then when I wasn't, I was so frustrating, um, feeling like something was wrong or I wasn't getting it. So it is, it is a progress over perfection, mental and physical training. And again, the more you facilitate it, the more clarity you have and the easier it becomes. It's, it's a natural evolution with work, with intention. Does that help? Does anybody else have any questions? I really want to thank you all for listening and for um, being here for this. We have five more minutes. Time is a funny thing, y'all. Um, did I answer kind of what you were looking for? It really is, it's so nuanced. And, you know, my, I will say that 
that one of the things that I do best is in having the actual conversations and figuring out what someone actually needs and then being able to say, go do this. <laughs> so there's, there is, uh, it's really difficult to say like what any one person will need, but getting out of the comfort zone, doing anything you can to expand your horizons and, and again, bringing the, bringing the awareness to the unaware. And I'm going to keep thinking about that. No, you're good. Um, when you said about hiding, um, what are some of the ways that you got out of that? Okay. So um, when I moved back to my hometown with this new kind of resolve to expose myself, and that was kind of my theme. I was like, I'm going to expose myself. Uh, sounds so wrong. <laughs> I started doing some visualizations about, and this sounds so morbid, but cracking my chest open. And I didn't know anything about the chakras at the time. Cracking my chest open and projecting my energy from my heart space and just letting everybody feel it, right? Because one thing I, I am clear of is humans, we will either radiate our energy or we will drain other people of theirs. And if you are not intentionally expressing who you are and what you are and, and pushing it out there, if you look at the de definition of express, uh, manifest is actually in there. So it's intentionally pressing it out. Another thing that I did, this one's kind of silly, but it, it was really effective for me, is I'm a, I'm a really vibey person. I like to move my body. I've got music in my, in my head all the time and, and most of the time in my ears too with the, the, my music. And I love to dance. And I had recognized that for a long time I wasn't dancing. And particularly when I was living with a boyfriend, I wasn't doing any of that because I, I felt exposed, right? I didn't want them to think I was weird or imperfect because I needed to do things to like, I don't know, maintain myself. And um, it's so silly, right? The, these, these things we, we convince ourselves of. Um, I would challenge myself to, first of all, go walking in my hometown because that's not a thing that people do there unless they're broke, right, and don't have a car. And uh, there's a whole other systemic set of beliefs that come with that. Um, I would go walking because I love to walk. And I would challenge myself to dance whenever I felt like it. So I would be walking down the streets of my hometown, dancing, I still do this, dancing, and challenging myself to do that. And the way that I got through it in the beginning was I would pretend that I was in a movie and that I am the quirky heroine who always gets what she wants in the long run and who everybody loves because isn't that like for real? Like we like quirky people. We like people who are unique and fun and vibey. So why do we deny ourselves of that? And again, there are reasons for that. You don't always have to know all of the reasons before you get into action because action is the thing. Aligned action is the thing that, that we heal from and that helps us move through and become integrated and become whole, right? And, and we're solid when we're whole. I think that's a good note to end it on. Thank you for asking that and letting me share that. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges. 
and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.